Hello and welcome to another wonderful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here's your host, Andrew Gomison. Hello Dan, this is Andrew and everybody out there in podcast land, we thank you for joining us again for another wonderful Speaking for Him podcast. Uh, we are coming to you today, the Friday after Father's Day, to uh, talk a little bit about Father's and Father's Day Again, recording schedules and certain things related to that got to us, and so we are coming to you belated, but nonetheless, we want to take the time to honor our fathers. And I just want to start out, um, well, first of all, let's let Dan do the quote of the day, and then we'll go from there. Every father should remember one day his son will follow his example, not his advice. Charles Kettering. I remember when I was a kid, there was one thing that my dad would sometimes do. He would go um, eat his food in the living room while he watched TV. And uh, he never wanted us to do that. So then he would often say, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> um, and that was kind of a humorous thing. But I, this quote really struck me because it really is true. Um, because... You can say all you want about the good things to do, but really we follow examples. Um, and I'm not sure that I would go as far as to say that we never follow advice, but we definitely follow advice from someone whose example has proven that that advice is good. Yep. You know, because we watch the example to figure out whether the advice is worth listening to. And, and let's be honest. For most of us, following the advice comes after we find out why the advice was given. <laughs> oh, that is so true, especially when we're a teenager. You know, it's like, kind of like that thing that I saw that said when you're te- when you're ten years old, your your dad know you your dad knows everything. When you're when you're sixteen years old, you know everything, and then as you get older, you realize how much you didn't know. So that really is true. Um, yeah. Which is why, uh, even as a kid, I always laughed at the uh, advice, do as I say, not as I do, because I'd never seen anybody do that. (laughs) So I just wanted to say very quickly before we get into the meat of our discussion that I'm very thankful for my dad, and my dad is a big reason why Speaking for Him exists as a ministry and why I do this podcast every week, because um, he talked to me as I was getting close to college graduation he said, I think you have a ministry that you need to start. You have a message that you need to share. And you need to not worry so much about um, getting that full-time job with all the benefits and having, you know, the, you know all these uh, dreams of having full-time income so you can buy a house, so you can settle down. Um, those aren't bad things to have, but he said you need to, um, I believe God has given you a gift to minister to other people, so you need to exercise it. And that's why, that's in large part why speaking for him was born. And so I'm very thankful, Dad, for you and for your belief in my ministry and thankful for your encouragement and support as it grows. A couple birthdays ago, or maybe I think it was last year's birthday, my parents got me a vanity plate for my van that says speaking for him. So everywhere I go, um, people can see that that is what I'm about. So that is exciting to me. And, uh, 
before we get into the main topic of our discussion, do you have anything that you'd like to say about your dad, Dan? Um, well, gee, that's kind of hard <laughs> and not for, not just because the cliche reasons of there's so much to say or there's nothing to say or what have you, but, um, my dad got into ministry when I was fairly young. So my siblings don't really remember a time before that, but for me, dad has always been a very hardworking person and occasionally not there because of the pressures put on him by the church. Um, but even so, um, my dad made a point of being there for, you know, uh, birthdays and holidays and making a point of, you know, taking vacation in the summer so we could all be together and, you know, trying not to miss the games. And that is something that I've heard doesn't happen very often nowadays for some strange reason. You know, dads, dads don't seem to be, uh, or seem to be becoming workaholics and not, you know, family first, everything else later. That, that is one thing that I really respect about my dad too, is that he, well, first of all, he said that he would work 24 hours a day before he would, before he would make my mom go to work. Cause, I'll, cause her passion was to be a stay at home mom and mm-hmm. she got really busy doing that. She wouldn't have been able to fit another job in. So that was the first thing that I respected. And the second thing was that he, uh, gave, I'm sure he gave up opportunities for advancement because he basically refused to work overtime in most mm-hmm. of his jobs. Even though overtime would, would have got, maybe gotten him ahead. Maybe he would have been a controller. Maybe he would have been in the position that his boss is in now, you know, if he had, if he had cared more about his career, but his family came first. And I really appreciate that. Yep. Um, there was even a time when he stopped working on a master's degree because he realized how old we were getting and how fast time was flying and that he needed to focus more on us than on his own education. So I deeply respect that. Well, today I want to talk to you uh, about uh, three aspects of what a good father is. And um, I was uh, looking, I was surfing the internet and praying about what to share, and I came across um, some aspects of being a good father. So there's three that I want to talk about today, and the first one is... He has learned to lean upon the Lord. Can you read that scripture there? Yeah. Dan, there's two different verses. Go ahead and read them both. Alrighty. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 Alright, so the first verse here is talking about uh, be anxious for nothing but let your request be known unto God. Um, when, I, when I purchased my van and I had a $25,000 auto loan to pay off, I was really concerned because I didn't want to be up under it for five years which very easily could be the length of the time for the vehicle because of the amount of time I actually drive it mm-hmm. um, or whatever. I didn't want to be paying on it forever. And my dad said something that he often says to me, which is, um, well, 
doesn't your father own the cattle on a thousand hills? Can't he provide for you to, to have that paid off way sooner? And so that was a big confidence booster to me to believe that that actually was true, that God would provide. And he also did that with our family size. You know, there was a time after we had six kids where he was contemplating whether to continue to have kids. And he just felt like God was calling him to not uh, take that out of his hands, but to trust him with the final result. And my dad said another really home to home spun word of wisdom, which was God always pays for what he delivers. <laughs> so both of those things have stuck in my head and I'm thankful um, for him having that perspective. Um, do you have any more thoughts on these verses, Dan? Learning to lean on the Lord, huh? Um, actually, this this is a, for when my uh, dad was first thinking about getting into ministry. Um, he had a re- pretty good job working for my uncle in landscaping. You know, he's making enough money, and my mom had just gotten into teaching. It had been her first year in teaching, and she was very much enjoying that. You know, she'd come home with us kids, you know, and then spend like an hour after supper grading papers. And But the rest of the time was for us, right? But dad was starting to feel a call to ministry. And he was really worried because he didn't want to, you know, uproot us. And he thought about all the bad things that could happen to us. But he prayed. And he prayed. And he decided to go for it. And then I can remember, and I'm the only one, again, I'm the only one old enough to actually remember that among my siblings. But I can remember um, before he prayed about it and started learning ministry, he was pretty worried about it. I mean, it was not something that was easy on him. But then he prayed, and he prayed some more. And mom prayed with him, and our grandparents prayed with him. And when he made the decision... He was really peaceful about it. And it always struck me as a, as a kid, and it's something that stayed in the back of my mind, even though I don't normally remember it anymore. But it has always struck me when I was little that dad prayed and good things happened. So, <laughs> Yeah, that really speaks volumes to show that God is uh, really powerful. And um, it's really interesting uh, – you know, I think it's been so important for me to remember too, as I've gone into ministry, that just because you go into ministry, like like when I first surrendered, I was like, "Well, this will be great. I'll I'll, I'll preach forty five weekends out of the year. I will, <laughs> you know, I'll uh, I'll have internet fame and notoriety, and I'll be so busy. I'll have to turn <laughs> I'll have to turn down a lot of people." Now, I'm still hoping that eventually maybe I'll get to the point where I have to do turn to turn certain people down just because I want to be that busy. But I don't really want uh, fame and notoriety for its own sake. If God has this corner of my uh, this corner for me to 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 bloom where I'm planted or to brighten the corner where I am, like the old children's song says, then that's what I'm going to do. And if he gives me more opportunities, I will hopefully, you know, go through those doors um, ready and rearing to go. God has been faithful and he is just showing up in many ways 
in my life, so I'm very thankful for that. And my hope is to always be faithful to him and to not get ahead of him, even though sometimes that can be hard. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, pretty easy to get blown back and forth by the whims of the world. All right, so he's learned to lean on the Lord. And the second point is he has learned to lead. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Ephesians five twenty three. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admon- admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. Okay, this is not a popular topic um, for discussion, even among Christians a lot of times today, but I think it's so needed because, um, you know, and the gender dystopia, and I'm not going to dwell on that, <laughs> but, but the gender dystopia that we're facing, I think, is just another outgrowth of the fact that we don't know who we are. Uh, we've, we don't know what it is to have our identity in the way God made us. Jesus said, I've made them male and female. And why did he do that? Because he had specific roles for us to play. And, mm-hmm. and as married men with children, especially, we are to lead our homes. Uh, they are to, uh, protect, um, their families. And they are to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, obviously, you know, this isn't an excuse for abuse. It's supposed to be a servant leadership. It's not a, I'm better than you, so I lead. It's a, God has entrusted me to lead, and so therefore I will lead. And this is another thing where I really appreciate my dad because he, uh, he has shown me how to, uh, love my, how he loves my mom. And showed me how to love a wife. He remembers their anniversary every single month on the day of their anniversary. He gives her something small. And then, of course, he goes all out on the actual day of the anniversary every year. So he's raised the bar high and taught us the proper way to treat um, women. Uh, he always told us, you should never hit your siblings, but especially never hit your sister. Um, and we always got in extra deep trouble if we ever did. So, um, he taught us well. Um, do you have any thoughts? Um, well, uh, was it, was it last year already? Or maybe it was the year before, but my mom was up here in Michigan with her sisters, uh, and it happened to be over their anniversary. So one day dad called me up and say, Hey Dan, could you go and get, uh, some roses and a card for your mom? <laughs> it's totally out of the blue. I was like, well, okay, sure. Fine. I'll do that. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, is I hardly remember any dates other than my siblings and mine birthday. That's about it <laughs> for dates to the family. <laughs> so that always would catch me by surprise, but you know, thinking on it, my dad did make a, an effort to, you know, take my mom out on their anniversary or do something, you know, something nice, something out of the ordinary, you know, even if it was just getting her flowers and a chocolate or whatever. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be something big. I think that's what my my mom and dad have taught me, especially my dad, is mm-hmm. he pays attention to the thing that my mom likes the best, like, we always think of roses as like the top level of flowers. And in some ways it is, you know, 
just it's because like, of the symbology. It's like the ultimate in romance to give somebody roses. But my mom doesn't like roses. So my dad knows that it doesn't mean as much to her to get roses as it does to get other flowers that she appreciates more. That doesn't make roses bad. It just is being sensitive to mm-hmm. the person that you are actually married to and you actually are actually in a relationship with. Yeah. And uh if you're um if you're if you are wondering what your wife's uh favorite flower is, you should ask her and don't ask her if it's um Pillsbury or gold medal cuz that's not the, <laughs> that's not the type of flowers that we are talking about today. So I just said I didn't deliver that as well as I could have. I should have looked up the actual joke so that the delivery would have been better, but it's not yeah. referring to Pillsbury or gold medal. So uh, well, let's be honest to the um, the learning to lead uh thing a lot a lot of the misconceptions for it nowadays has come from um you know Part of it is the early feminist movement, and a lot of it, though, is just people don't know anymore. They get so many misconceptions. So perhaps one way to think of it then is that the father has to be as the captain of the ship for the family rather than the tyrant. All right, and I'm going to go ahead and let Dan read the last uh, point here on our sheet. All right. The third thing a good father has done is he has learned to love. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians five twenty five. God calls a husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church and when I've heard it said by more than one speaker, that the best thing that a man can do for his children is to love their mother. And I really do believe that. Um, I have seen in my own life the security that it brings to know that my parents love each other and that they've been together for 41 years. So I really appreciate that. And then, of course... Um, your love for your wife can only come from your love for God. Mm-hmm. The love that we have for anybody, real love, can only come from God. Apart from God, we may have a facade of love, but that that's why love gets tossed around so many so many ways. You know, we say we love uh Marvel, you know, Marvel comics or we love <laughs> cheese. Um but when we say we love those things, we're actually talking about a a strong like. But love in the godly sense is you are important to me. You are the most important. If you if a man is talking about the love of his love for his wife, he's talking about something that should be the most important earthly priority mm-hmm. for him. After his love for God should be his love for his family. And if he's loving his wife properly, then that will allow him to love his kids uh, properly as well. And I think sometimes people get that mixed up because they spend so much energy loving their kids, which isn't a bad thing. But guess what? Their kids grow up and move away. And if they don't invest in one another, then they're not going to have a relationship with one another um, that is worth uh, 
spending the majority of their marriage on, you know, because yeah. if you think about it, your kids grow up and, and move away, or at least even if they're living at home or busy with their own lives and you've still got a lot of years to go. So, um, yep. that is something to keep in mind. Definitely. Yeah. So Dan, do you have anything else to add? Just a little bit. Um, you know, speaking of love again, brings back to mind that, um, uh, the English language is sadly limited in the way that we use the way, you know, the word we have for love is just that one word and you have to go on, um, the way it's emphasized, where it's used to figure out which love you're talking about. Um, but at the same time, it's love, you know, it's something that you should just should ideally just be able to understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, speaking of love, um, I managed to, I was very fortunate to find an e-card for my dad for father's day, which I think I should read. Um, says the greatest gift I ever had came from God. I call him dad. That is, that is really, uh, good. Great. And, uh, I, it reminds me of a cross stitch that was hanging at my grandparents for a while for many years that my mom gave my grandpa about 10 years ago. And it said of all the gifts that I possess, my dad's among the very best. And, uh, <laughs> so I, is true too. I definitely resonate with both of those messages. Um, my dad did not grow up with a father, but he still has, even with his imperfections has become a very good dad. And, I want to say right now too that perfection is not required to be a dad. Um, my dad is not perfect, but the one thing that my dad does really well is admit his imperfections. I think sometimes people think, well, if I admit my imperfections in this area, or if I admit that I struggled in this area, then that, then my kids will not think I'm a good dad. But, but it's actually in the way he honestly deals with his flaws that makes him a stronger dad and he wants yeah. to steer us away from some of the mistakes he's made. And so I greatly respect him for it. Yep. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end of this special belated father's day podcast, but I often like to end, um, podcasts when it's applicable with a little bit of levity and comedy. And Ken Davis is, is one of my favorite, um, comedians i grew up listening to him periodically on focus on the family and i just really love his style and the way he just tells story and tells stories about his life and hilarity ensues so let's listen to ken davis parents have found yourself on Sunday with your hands around the throat of a child you love very much. And you're saying something like, you get ready for church, get ready now so we can get there on time to learn about the love of Jesus. (laughs) On the way to church, children become demon-possessed. I had two of the most beautiful uh, girls on the way to church. They would fight like mortal enemies over nothing, over stupid stuff. This is my side of the car. This is my side over here. I am on my side of the car, and you are over here. You are breathing on my side. There are, mo- there are molecules coming from your side to my You ever hear this? She's looking at me. 
How many teenagers? Any teenagers in here at all? Girls, do not say to your parents on the way... What is your name? Right there with the nice glasses on your head. Lisa, do not say to your parents, she's looking at me. Your parents are not equipped to handle. She's looking at me. No human with a brain can handle. She's looking at me. Sarah, if you want to mess with your parents, say something like, she hit me with a crowbar. We can handle that. Give me the crowbar. (laughs) Don't hit her anymore. Was it just my car or was your car like that? Any of you on the way to church ever grab the rearview mirror and give your children the Sunday morning look of love? That's worse than texting. So I did what, I know some of you have done this. You ever grab the rear view mirror and change it to an aiming device? I'll come back there, so help me. Lean forward a half an inch and you'll meet Jesus today. God loved children. He did. He gave them the innate knowledge of that one spot in the car your arm can never reach. So you're going like that, and they're going strike two. I told that story about swinging my arm at the kids. A little old man came all the way from the back of the auditorium. Took him about five minutes to get to the front. He could hardly walk, and his finger was out like this. Any preachers in here? Any pastors in here, including the pastors of this church? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Have you ever seen anybody come at you, George, with their finger out like this, where it turned out to be a nice conversation? No. (laughs) He came up to me, and he said, I'm going to tell you something. When you were talking about swinging your arm at the children, he said, God taught me about that a long time ago. I thought, this boy's going to crawl up one side of me and down the other. I just braced myself. I said, what did God teach you? And that old man got a sparkle in his eye. He said, God showed me that a touch on the brakes brings them right into play. And there you have it. Some levity from Ken Davis to close out this Father's Day podcast. Um... (laughs) That's all I have for today, but I just want to say I love you, Dad. Um, For all of you in the audience, I hope that you had a good Father's Day with your father. If it's your first Father's Day without your father, as it is for my mom, I hope that God has been with you in a special way And because he says that I will be the father to the fatherless. Well, that's all all for now, Um, but I hope you have a great weekend and that you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. 
You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 